Welcome to episode 548 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right here, welcome on to episode 548 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm very good. Good to be back in the studios. Two people might have got a bit of a surprise yesterday because I put you? up the Bevan James Oz show on the I Am Talk feed. Oh, right. lucky for some. Yeah, so I've taken it down now, but some people may have got the, the episode of the Bevan James Oz show. So, um, yeah, so that's your New Year's present for yes. those who got it. I Am Talk is proudly brought to you by Athlinks.com Social networking for endurance athletes Extreme endurance Your lactic buffer And there's a special present from them as well Oh really? And our patrons John's brought me my stride Yes Patron? Yeah John we bought a stride Yeah We didn't even get it for free We didn't get it for free did we? Well we're going to be testing them out And we'll give a bit of feedback on uh, on the stride I haven't uh, Yeah yeah. Okay. Uh, some our of patrons. Our, our patrons who are they, Jomba? James Thunderdown Under She's Gill Good old Robert Dr. Doogood. Yeah. Is that Turnbull? Roger the Chop Canham. And good old Brian Lafeur, the Muss. William Spectre Moore. He's just right. doing the unwrapping. He could have done that. I'm doing an unboxing. Stage. That's what apparently unboxing. on YouTube, the biggest star on YouTube is a five year old who unboxes toys. Oh, you, you should watch he's the biggest person on YouTube right now. See, Thomas, he's done unboxing and building of Lego. Well, he needs to do more of it because he can make lots of money, I tell you. There's not much to a stride, is there? There's not much to it. How do you put it around your shoelaces? Do they give you a it's thing got to. a little clamp in there. Oh, that's it's so enough for your unboxing. I'm unboxing. I'm <laughs> it's, it's basically a tiny little. Disc thing that Is goes that the in the shoe, and that's no, a, oh, no. that's the box. Okay, and then you put that there in your far out. What you put that in your shoe, dear. That's a terrible start to the year. Oh, so people I thought, are loving let's, it. Let's start this, the year on a real high note. Get cranking into it. Some good stuff in the show. Awesome interviews. I've nailed it, haven't and I? Bevan's nailed made it. a meal. <laughs> I talk as, oh, I've done that yeah. this week in this week's show. We've got some news. John's going to be ranting already. Oh, it's only a little rant today. I think there's a couple of rants coming out. Mm, you will see how we go. <laughs> Don't, don't want to start here. 2017 is starting start strong. Not, not too negative. <laughs> we've got a website of the week. Have we got a website of the week? We have. We've got one interview. We meant to have two, but the other person didn't turn up. But we've got a really good interview of the people doing uh, Iron Century. Debbie Hazeldean and John Mergler. So you're going to hear about uh, an attempt on 100 Ironmans in 100 days and 100 half Ironmans in 100 days. It's mad. And then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Okay, Jonbo News, what's happening in the, in the world of triathlon right now? The first thing is, is Craig Percival, um, their family, they've been fundraising, well, well, somebody's been fundraising for them, but they have a GoFundMe it was, page. It was Greg, Greg McDermott, um, I think, set it up. He was the guy who rode around Australia. You create, you Australians are doing some crazy things right now, but he, I can't remember how long it took him, but it was a long time to ride around Australia. And he was doing a decent distance every day. It wasn't wasn't uh, monkey business. He was he was pounding it out there, and I think he must have been a good friend of Craig's. So we didn't have this available before we did our last shows before Christmas. So I really want to give it a good plug. We'll have a link on on our website now. But I just think it'd be so important to get him behind this and support Craig's family. You know, Craig was a guy. If you don't recall, he did the eight Ironmans in eight days uh, in eight states in Australia, and when he did that. 
he raised over $80,000 for the John McLean Foundation. Mm. Um, so this was a guy that gave a lot, not just in that event, but, but you know, he spent time. his community. Yeah, yeah. And so this is a chance for everybody just to, to chip in and hopefully help out Craig's family on what's going to be, you know, a terrible time and it's going to take a lot of adjusting. So we'll have, it's a go, called a GoFundMe page, which is an Australian setup, I think. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if you, can, if you enjoyed what Craig said, you want to support the family, get on there. They're, they're aiming to try to raise 250000 to help them uh, get themselves sorted. So yeah. good luck with that campaign. And every little bit helps. So if you can do that, I'll put a link to that on www.iamtalk.me. And, and here's a part of our community, so it's pretty cool if you guys can help in that way. Um, Jombo, one thing that's happened over the Christmas season, and uh, surprising I have to say, is Ironman New Zealand is going to be adding a 70.3 race. And is it this year or next year? No, it's this year. Oh, wow. So in some ways I want to rant about it, in some ways I don't. Where you go. So what grinds me a bit about this. What grinds uh, you? Uh, well, it wasn't actually the grinder that sent this through. It was uh, the stalker sent it through. She was... Uh, I, I, you know what? I saw the stalker like five times in two days. <laughs> and I was like, she, she's a stalker. So, so they're adding a 70.3. In some ways, I go, fair enough. You know, maybe their numbers are way down and they need the income. But the thing is, changing it 10 weeks before the race or whatever Strange. it is, 12 weeks before the race... If I'd entered the Ironman race, I'd be a bit aggrieved because it does take away from the Iron Distance race. You know, Challenge Monica, for where that where they do this, it's a fantastic event. But when they add the half, it does take away a little bit from the full, and that's what I've heard consistently at other races is it does take a bit of the, the luster away from the full. You know, when you're doing the full, it's, it's all about you, and you know you're the first person people through the aid stations. By the time you get there on the run, you know your aid station people might be tired or whatever it is. But I, I just think it's poor form to be doing it. This close to the to the race, when people have already coughed up their money, paid and entered, and now you're sort of changing the 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 playing field. So, I, I am disappointed about it because I mean, New Zealand's a great event. It's got a lot of history. They you know they, they traditionally get you know somewhere between a thousand and fifteen hundred people. So, you would hope with that number of people, they can it's sustainable and um and well, not losing I, 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 money. What, what do you think the numbers are nowadays? Is it still because I remember when I did it, it was about twelve hundred. And then it peaked for a while, didn't it? It got a little bit higher for a while. There was one year where it even sold out. Mm-hmm. And then since that moment, it's kind of regressed back, isn't it's it? It's still consistently a good-sized race. And I just fear that putting extra people on the race, on the on the course, is going to take away if from I'm gonna, If I'm going to be the devil's advocate here, I would say that in Wanaka, as much as maybe the people doing the iron distance race feel they're losing a bit of love, the whole day... In town, it's awesome because they've got the half happening. But that's because in the full there, there's not as many people. There's yeah, a few hundred. Yeah. In, in Taupo, you know, it's a, you, yeah. you, if your internet decided to work, I could tell you how many people did I need in last yeah, year. I'm trying to get my fibre, my neighbour's holding me back. If you want to rant, ask Bevan about that. <laughs> don't get me started. I've gone for a different strategy. Yeah. Because Grant, he really wants it as well. And I've gone, well, how about you go do the approach with everyone? <laughs> He's got a better relationship. <laughs> I'm trying to pull up there how many people die in New Zealand, but it's traditionally around about that 1500 mark. Yeah. So disappointing. But, I, it's, I, but it's interesting. It's, it's definitely a shift in WTC or WADA, WANDA sports now because traditionally Ironman was Ironman. Yeah. And then we saw it like Ken's a few years Ken's ago. was it. the first that went to 70.3. Western Australia's got it. Don't think that Port Macquarie's got it yet. Um, I suppose, how long do you think it'll be before that's the norm? I think it's heading that way. Yeah. Absolutely think it's heading that way. Because it's the only way they can really make more money now. Mm. The, it'll be really interesting to see the field size because the thing is now they have, because for those who don't know, they have a 70.3 in Taupo anyway on the same course. 
in December. In December. So, and it's a pretty big race, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah, it's a good size race. So it'll be interesting to see, not this year, because this year is a bit of an afterthought. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what the numbers are, if that hurts, the, the t- although December. But would you do the same race twice? Probably not. I wouldn't, but some people might. We've got a real shortage of half Ironman races in New Zealand. So in some ways you can say it's good we've got another race on the on the calendar. Good on WTC though. They have got a few, a few new it's races w- coming it's, up. It's, it's not that anymore. It's wider sports holding. It's still WTC. But they, well, every it's every I- press release we get, wider sports holding. Ironman, a wider sports holding company. Oh, WTC. We never see WCC anymore. Yeah. Although if you go to the good website, on. we'll try it on Twitter. <laughs> but that's an old website thing. Anyway, um, Ironman, uh, good on them. They've got a couple of new races coming out. So they're going back to Korea. And that's obviously another area for big expansion from them through Asia. We've heard you know, how big the sport is getting in, in the Philippines and some real expansion. So they're going back to Korea after 10 years away. And they're doing uh, an Ironman race there in September the 10th, 2017. So good to see some iron distance races in, in Asia. It's a tricky place to put iron distance races on. The halves and all that seem to be going really, really well. But the fulls are just... It's just so bloody hot. So uh, hopefully this goes all really well and we can get some good events re-established in Asia. And then that's another one in uh, Argentina, which is um, in Marda Plata. will take place on December the 3rd, 2017, along the beautiful Atlantic coast of Argentina. The race venue is located just 400 kilometres, just 400 kilometres <laughs> from the capital. <laughs> a, a quick drive up the road. Yeah, from Buenos Aires. Uh, so this you can fly from New Zealand now. Yeah? Great. So, good. Again, not many many races in South America, Iron Distance. We've got Brazil, um, but this will be a good addition. So, good on them for making this more of a global sport. Good times. Okay, uh, we had a couple of little 70.3s, or only one really. Uh, Tauranga 70.3, which no, is No, it's a half Ironman. It's not a 70.3. Well, you've got it here written a 70.3. Have I? Spank my bottom up. Yeah, the go, go ape crap at me. Yeah. Uh, so, the Tauranga half Ironman, uh, which has been pretty much New Zealand's biggest... Longest standing, I wouldn't say biggest, but it's... Um, but probably the one that everyone wanted to win the most. Yes, for a long time. Is it still? What would you say is the most prestigious half in New Zealand? They're all to, to be on honest, par, really, aren't they? Um, there's not really a prestigious... But you got, so you've got Taupo 70.3, and this one would probably draw a similar quality field. Probably, yeah, much of a muchness. Yeah. And what about Rotorua? No, no, it's just a... Okay. Just get, well, Javier Gomez won it. Yeah, um, he did right. I think he's got a future in the sport. Yeah, if he goes to Iron Man. <laughs> um, so we, the only reason I wanted to bring this up, we're not going to do loads of half Ironman news, but Cameron Brown's still out there cranking it. He was uh, up against Baden, Braden Curry, and it was, when you look at the results, it was uh, they had. I think it was only two seconds differentiating them between their two transition times and their bike times were basically the same and their run times were basically the same within a few seconds. Cameron Brown lost a minute and a half in the swim and uh, it was all over Rover. Oh, really? So, But Cameron Brown still look, you know, Braden Curry is a top quality athlete. So for Cameron Brown to be close to him shows he's uh, in pretty good form heading to Ironman New Zealand. Is Braden Curry doing Ironman? Uh, I'm not quite sure. Why don't you send me an email on those sorts of things before to show? Because you think. know I'm never thinking. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well just well, who are you, who are you, who are you picking for New Zealand? You gotta say Trenzo now, don't you? Uh, you you would yeah, you would after his on paper you'd say yes definitely. I had a really good interview with him when you were away. Yeah, yeah. I listened to that. Yeah. Yeah, chop it up. <laughs> well, so you should know if he's doing it. Uh, no, he's doing it. No, he's, he's doing, doing it. it. Yeah, yeah. And he had a rest and uh, I. 
I'm really looking forward to watching it. I really hope Trenzo kills next year or this year. I think, yeah, I think he should do really, really well there. I think the big test is... But he did say he does want to do a mid-year race. Okay. Yeah. And the most interesting thing for me is Kona's a completely different beast. Yeah, so everybody can do well elsewhere, but we want to see him getting over there and getting in that top five, which again, I think he's absolutely capable of doing. Come on, come on, Trenzo. Come on, you're a Kiwi. No, who else is there? Braden, but Braden hasn't really done anything Ironman yet, has he? Not really, no. No. So come on, Trenzo. You want me to pause? He's giving me the pause well, your sign. internet's not working. I can't talk about anything when your internet's not working. Well, we'll look for the other one. Go for the Sumskin 2. See, see what I have there? I have options for you, John. Options. I have to admit. Now I've got to do your Bevan pass. loves Joe. That's my password. Because I'm in love, John. Getting married in five weeks, four weeks. What's the date today, John? It's the 10th of January. John, Joe came up with a stupid suggestion to me the other day as you were trying to find the internet. Joe said to me, because you know nowadays when you get married, John, you tend to have done one thing that you're not meant to do. If you know right. what I mean. You yeah. Know? yeah. And Joe, Joe goes to me the other day, why don't we not do that until after the wedding for the next five weeks? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, what are you thinking? It's a stupid idea. Yeah. So I, I quashed that idea pretty and quickly. if you find anybody that suggested that, they should be on your hit list. That's right. Yeah. So that was not a good idea for my oh, lovely So partner. good when your internet's working again. So there you go. Is it working? It is. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. That's why I have options. Okay. What do you, what, what do you want to talk about? Oh, well, the next it, thing. It, it's basically just a ITU update. I want to start the year with an ITU update. So people, okay. Kicks off in March. Kicks off in March in Abu Dhabi. It's going to be different without... Alistair Brownlee there this year, you know, I think. So you got Abu Dhabi's in March, Gold Coast in April. So what's he doing? Seven point three this year, is he? Yep. Yep. He's not going to do any ITU. Don't believe so. Wow. No, he'll just go off and do it. He'll just randomly do what he wants to do. It'd be great. So it goes Abu Dhabi March, Gold Coast April, Yokohama May, Leeds June, Hamburg July, Edmonton July, Montreal August, Stockholm August, and the grand finale in Rotterdam in September. So come on, ITU. It's truly great. Why have we got two in, in Canada? Canada? Canada. Canada? Uh, they're a week apart by the look of it, so that's why. Show me. Seems a bit unfair to the rest of the world. The money. What about America? Got to put your hand up. They tried in America and it didn't really work, did it? Uh, it's all just, look, to be honest, it's all about money and courses and uh, who can put it on. And it's, you know, we'd love to have it back in Auckland, but it's difficult and maybe they just didn't have the money. But I'd say you've got to have money, the course, the infrastructure, all that sort of stuff. And, uh, what about Christchurch, John? City C Triathlon? I've got ideas, but uh, again, show me the money. <laughs> show me the money, honey. Okay, uh, so that's the ITU update. Jumbo, you want to have a rant about... I got uh, Before we finish the show at the end of last year, I, want, I wanted to tell people, if you hear about anybody else claiming that the fantastic athlete Lionel Sanders, which he is awesome. Yep, we love him. If any other media outlets claim his time as being the a world record please let me know so I can rant on them because I want to be fair to make sure I rant on all people equally yep. Lionel Sanders awesome athlete loved his performance actually love hearing interviews from his him as well he just he's he's, he's a great talker um, so I had an email sent through apparently on TRS um, podcast they had Lionel Sanders on, Sanders on and I, I did listen to a little bit of that and Ben Hobbs did say he's the Ironman record holder I didn't hear him say the Ironman world record holder okay well that's fair enough Still, no, I, you I'd can be, say that. You yeah. can you can say that. I I would be pumping him up as the third fastest man ever over the iron distance. If I was to, if we were to interview him, that's how I'd say it. Okay. And, and I think that's a pretty 
awesome achievement to be the third fastest ever. So I can only half rent on TRS there. Because, no, I don't um, think you can give, I think it's fair. And I, I get what you're saying because you're saying that's the better way of selling it. But to say that the Iron Man record holder is okay in my book. Not mine. Darius, you get off. Not, not ben, me. Ben, you get not, off. Not with me, you don't. Ben listens to us too. So Ben, you get off. Not with me. Um, <laughs> and apparently, I, know, I haven't listened to this one, so I can't rant on them too hard because I haven't done my fact checking. Oh, you're, uh, you're just ranting on people. Endurance, our podcast, uh, said that Lionel Sanders is the fastest ever iron distance time. Not corrected. They never mentioned Fredino's time. So if you have see any more mentions of uh, world records, please let me know. I want to keep it fair. Now, Bevan, do you want to do a race coming up? Uh, yes what, what race is it Do you want to do a race in Australia 2017 Start your year in Australia With a challenge race Oh yep Okay, okay. What, what, How's this Go and do challenge Wanaka Oh well I can't Because I'm calling people but across it's in Australia what, what do you mean well, the, the, This was a typo A great way to start the year With a typo uh, You want to start your year The, the challenge family Put out a, uh, a press release um, Challenge Wanaka Entries close soon If you want to start 2017 with a challenge race in Australia. Oh, I can't give anyone a hurry hard time up for that. And sign Do you know up what? Because I'm the person who would have done that. <laughs> I know. You so know much. what I mean? I, I can't give someone a hard time about that. Oh. And as soon as you push send, yeah. then you see your mistake. But it's yeah. gone out to your database Absolutely. and you just feel like a right schmuck. And I've done that before. Luckily, I have a lovely, lovely wife to be called Jo. And I always send shit to her now. Proof this, behave, proof this before I send it. I can't criticize either. It was just yeah. some, something that came up because I have got typos. Everywhere when I send stuff yeah, out. Yeah, same. And one thing I, you know, I do that Apple speech to, speech to, you know, read out to me. And even they don't miss it. You know, <laughs> like, it's amazing what you miss of your own mistakes. You know, so. Exactly. Yeah, so, you know, the poor person who made that mistake. There we go. You, just, just checking that Bevan's recording. Yeah, you, uh, 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 this call recorder is, this new device is awesome. But it is a bit scary because you do miss things. Okay, Jombo sponsor. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, John Newsom. Happy New Year. So you guys will know that in the past we've had the promo code IMTalk10 with uh, X Endurance. Now we've got IMTalk20. Wonder oh, really? what that 20 stands for. John, I reckon it stands that we're heading for 2020. And possibly 20% off all oh. items except our bundles, which are group products that That's already have work. a discount. Did you work on the behind so scenes here, did you? I didn't actually. Oh. So all of our apparel is included in this code. Oh, good stuff. Now, I emailed them back last week to just check that it was going to be on the .eu and .uk or .co.uk website. And she said it should be up there by now. So if it doesn't work, um, let us know and we can uh, get it sorted. But it sounds like should be all fine. So on the .com, .eu, .co.uk Use promo code IAMTALK20, you get 20% off. So, happy new year. No brainers. We love their products, and we know that so many of you guys out there do, and it's just a great way where they can actually measure how many of our listeners are actually uh, going in there and buying the products, and you get a great deal at the same time. So, check it out, xendurance.com. Get your legs to, to reduce the lactic acid, feel a hell of a lot better, recover better, kick some ass in your training, kick some ass in your racing. Good times, rock and roll, X endurance discount code. I am talk twenty at checkout. Okay, Jonbo. This week's discussion. So we, we haven't really put this up for discussion. So it may be me and you debating the pros and cons. Okay, of this, so here's this what happened. Here's what happened, John. The and, New Zealand and, and, listeners, you can switch off for five minutes. No, because I think New Zealand listeners probably have a pretty big opinion on this. So um, there's an athlete you may have heard of, a guy by the name of Lance Armstrong, best cyclist in the world for a long time. Uh, mm. Was a cheat, and uh, came to New Zealand. Just before Christmas, wasn't it? Mm. 
Yeah, okay. You must have been last week before Christmas. Yeah. And did uh, seems to be doing an, a commercial for New Zealand's biggest brewery. Lime Nathan, Lime apparently. Nathan, yeah. Uh, the commercial wasn't out yet. Um, and so at the time, he he basically got a bit of a public profile, Lance mm-hmm. Armstrong's in town, and one day, like the first day here, Cam Brown went for a ride with him. With, ride, ride with him and his boy, Cam Brown's yep. boy, I think it was, and Lance Armstrong, and... He posted a picture on Facebook. Yeah, you know, hey, look at this hero of me. And uh didn't go down so well for a lot of people. Didn't go down so well for Cam Brown. I think he'll be regretting that. Everyone's entitled to their opinions of Lance Armstrong's stuff, but I think he'll... He, and he did go underground because I was listening to Radio Sport, which is our sort of sports radio over here, and they were... Even Mark going, Watson gave him a hard time. Yeah. And what is a good mate of him. Yeah. yeah. And... Cam Brown was, was due to do an interview with them and he, he bailed on them and just said, I'm going to ground. I'm out. He's, he just Poor Cam, got ham, cause, hammered. Because Cam's not a, a big personality. No. You know what I mean? Like Cam's a lovely, lovely guy, um, legend athlete, but he's not. Mm. He's never looking for the spotlight, Cam. No. Is, you know, like, uh, you, know, you know, and so... And for that post to just been to a closed private group of his friends, yeah. fair enough, but a lot of people he would be friends on there with or, or on his But he must have known and, it was going to go public. I, yeah, he must have, but uh, yeah, I think he should have thought again. Before so what's the discussion here? So the discussion is, I guess, what followed on from that was then the next day, Lance Armstrong announced that he'd go for a ride with anybody come along and go for a ride along the waterfront in Auckland. And about 500 people turned up. Yeah. And went for a ride with him, and that and that caused huge debate. It kept talkback radio going for days, <laughs> okay. and it, and it was the headline news yeah. on our you know main news channels. It was the number one story of the day. So I just what got me is I can accept that he cheated. It was an environment of cheating. Everybody was cheating. And I know that's not an excuse to do it. Yeah. But what gets me is I don't understand how people can want to go for a ride with someone who was so horrible to so many people and literally ruined people's lives and doesn't seem to be showing any remorse for it. That's what gets me. I can put the cheating to one side and go, I get that, but I can't forgive him for ruining people's lives and not actually going back and trying to fix it from what I can see. So that's where I've got to gripe with. I'm happy for Lance Goff and live his life however he wants to live it, but when other people are putting him up on a pedestal for what he did, I've got a problem with that. So... I kind of see your point, and in many ways I agree with it. And that's the thing, you know, because you get like my mate, one of my mates, Jeff. Um, he's a really good cyclist, and he just bought into Lance big time. And even when it was kind of obvious he was a cheat, and he's like, ah, no, nah, he was still won it. And then when he kind of read the books, and you kind of saw the story behind him, you know, how he treated people, it was a different kind of beast. But I suppose the question I have is, is he does say the right things about, you know, like when you watch him now, the Lance Armstrong life now is. I know I have to. I'm going to be talking about my cheating for the rest of my life, and I know I've got to redeem these. You know, so he, he seems to be saying the right things right now. Mm. You know, now do you believe it comes from the right place? Well, that's something we all need to determine within ourselves. But I suppose the question is, how is he forgiven? Mm. You know, like you know, because he, he seems to be someone who still likes the attention. Absolutely. You know, and it was always seemed to be a big thing with him. But, but at the same time, the attention was thrusted on him. But, it, you know, like he could have quite easily come to New Zealand and kept on the down low. Mm. And, and, you know, he did things like had a public bike ride. So he likes getting it. And he knows that's going to stir a conversation mm. that, you know, consumed New Zealand's yep. kind of consciousness for, for a couple of days. So when we think about that, we kind of go, well, cool. You know, like I, I wouldn't want to go riding with him myself because no. I just don't really. It's not the cheating 
it's more the man I'm not I don't yeah. he doesn't appeal to me as a person in that way but then at the same time it's like well, when do we forgive him and when do we kind of go you know because people go to jail and do their time and you kind of think you know you've done your time you've done your crime what is his forgive point mm. I'd like to see him somehow assisting in the crusade against drugs which I don't really see that he's done and, and then when I look at other people, say, like a Tyler Hamilton and stuff, he's come out here and he's talked to drug-free New Zealand and talked to groups and things like that. So yeah, but that would easy, be but my he's point a good guy. You know what I mean? Like Hamilton, like if I'm going to be harsh on Hamilton, this is so unfair. He's made a lot of money out of that Lance story. Mm-hmm. He's got a great profile. He was a cheat himself, mm-hmm. you know, and, you know, and so it's really interesting. We're, we're quite forgiving of Hamilton. Now, sure, it doesn't seem that like he was such a destructive character in other people's lives. But at the same time, he didn't have much to lose. Mm. You know? but I guess your question is, what would, for me, what would make me forgive Lance Armstrong? And Where he could be, come along and you go, you know what, I wouldn't mind going for a ride with him. I don't know if I'd get that. I don't know. But for me, I want to see him actually taking a bit of an anti-drugs campaign, um, like I've seen other athletes do, other athletes that have cheated do. But I don't see that. He's, he's admitting that he did wrong and everything but he's not really going on a campaign to try to help the anti-drug movement. And that's what it would take for me to actually take that next step. Because in fairness, I haven't really kept track of what he's doing. Mm. So I don't know how much he's actually out there. You know, because when I watched the interviews with him, it was kind of like, you know, like, I'm not going to pick the guy. But at the same time, he was saying the right things. Mm. You know, he was saying, you know, I'm sorry for. Now, there's, it's quite controversial in New Zealand because there was a guy who rode with Lance. Was, was Stephen pretty much, it was the same sport. And he was like the first guy to kind of come against him, wasn't he? Mm. Yeah. And um, and apparently he doesn't actually want to talk to Lance. And you never know what the, yeah. the truth is there. But but the thing is, you know, everyone was saying, well, was Lance going to try to catch up with him when he was here? Because this is quite well known that he screwed Stephen over and uh, nothing really happened there. So, you know, I don't know. It's In some ways I kind of think, yeah, why would you? Because it's just, you know. But then the same... Same time, I kind of go, well, when do we forgive him? And, and when do, you know, because he's got a life and he's still a human being. Absolutely. You know, so be the person. That's this week in Lance. This Tom. week, we had an email in from Mick Simpson. Oh, good old Mick Simpson. Yeah. All right, boys. Loving the show as always. Most recently, I've seen some very mixed opinions on Lionel Sanders and John McAvoy, who you've interviewed. There seems to be a solid split with athletes sort of overcome issues such as the two of them with substance and crime, respectively. Half seem to think they should be praised for overcoming and having support, uh, having sport change their lives, while the other half think it's better to celebrate athletes who don't make such mistakes in the first place. Just thought this might be a good debate for the wider community. Cheers, boys. It's you and me. What do you mean? Well, because I was an idiot, who, yeah, you know, true. like you know, I was a, I was a druggy, dropkick loser, who kind of sport changed my life, and and you never really. Oh, I've had some digressions. <laughs> it's not going. Show, there, him, but show him your heroin change on. It's. Uh, I was a pretty good boy, but I did have a few digressions there that we won't go into. Um, but yes, I get your point. Uh, so I guess the, to- the topic is. Who do you sort of celebrate most in sport? You know, do you love the guys like Lionel Sanders and John McAvoy, um, or do you prefer Frodo. the more sort of yeah Frodo or the slightly more I don't know if clean cuts the right word, but who've, who've sort of um, maybe come from different or a Rachel Joyce or someone like that who's you know she was a, a lawyer um, who then went off and did you know did age group racing and then became one of the best iron women in the world. So maybe your opinions on that. By the way, Ian Wood, um, Christchurch fella, said he read the John McAvoy book and said it was fantastic. Oh really? Mm. Nice, nice. Because yeah. a legend. Mm. Okay. You didn't make it to the pool this morning again. Come on, Ian. Mm. Come on. And, and when you run. 
bring your elbows in a little bit. Because <laughs> <laughs> I always see him running. He doesn't He doesn't swing much through his shoulder. He runs fast, though. Rakes, no, no, he's a good runner. So he's very still through the upper body. I'm like, just relax the shoulders and bring your elbows in. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to put some music on. Fantastic! It's, it's fantastic. fantastic. This is take two because this is the recording <laughs> device I was talking about earlier. I didn't push record. So luckily it's only a five minute segment we missed. But John, you've got a great stats test. Or what is it, John? It's going to be a fact oh, test. Wow, why? Because it's actually a fact, not a stat. Oh, it's a fact, not Iron a stat. Iron Man introduced the cutoff times for the various segments of events in 1982. Now, John, the thing I'm wondering is... Oh, no, you need to go a little bit further. And then 1983... The race organisers enacted the 17-hour cutoff. So what we were trying to, in the first take of Statistic slash Statistic, um, we were just kind of wondering when did, you know, because the first year it took 24 hours for the slowest. What were the times of the slowest people in the next few years? And John did a bit of research, but you kind of didn't get that. You got something else, didn't you? Yeah, I basically got the top two, because on Slow Twitch, it's fantastic. Oh, good old... Um Dan? Jordan Jordan oh. Rapp, he puts up there every year, and I remind him every year. I'm his reminder. He's got all the results all the way back, uh, all the top ten results all the way back to the very first Ironman. So we figured out that on the girls' side of things, it wasn't until about 1986, I think it was, that we actually saw the women start to break through under the ten-hour barrier. Yeah. Um, but you know the 17 hour barrier it really hasn't been an issue so the first year they had it um yes they did have they had uh 9th through 12th there might have been more people than that racing um but ninth place was actually John Collins oh really <laughs> it's kind of funny John Collins finished in ninth place in 17 hours and 38 seconds wow and he's so, the guy who started on yeah. yeah so that's interesting that's an interesting fact for the day. It's our stat. Uh, John Collins, ninth place, 17 hours and 38 seconds. He swam 1 hour 31, rode 9 four, four, 15, and ran 6.14. So Gordon Haller took it out in 11.46. Um, the second year, you know, we had our first female, did, uh, 12.55. Top five, fifth guy was only 13.43. The next year in 1980, the, the second and only... Two girls look like they did it, 15.40. So well, I guess what we're seeing is the 17-hour rule didn't get tapped that much potentially in those first few years. Yeah. It was probably just to alleviate those guys that, as you said, went for a burger stop and wanted to <laughs> chill out, maybe just saying, giving them a little nudge. 17-hour is fear, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, it's the right, it's the right time, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, 17 hours is a good kind of cutoff. So you know, it's interesting they got it right, right from the start. Absolutely. Yeah, because if we look at the older athlete nowadays they're still getting that 17 hours yeah i guess that's where the difference is when we're talking the 70 plus athletes yeah yeah 17 hours for some of them is is, is pushing it a little bit yeah remember the time we were in conan and guy did 13 hours in the 70s oh yeah some of those like those japanese dudes and stuff unbelievable 13 hours in your 70s yeah it's hard to comprehend another mm. 30 years from now john that'll be me bevan 
You'll be podcasting be episode 5064. Welcome to episode <laughs> 5000. <000. laughs> okay, John, we've got an interview. We've got an interview coming up. We've got an interview with two crazy people, Debbie and John. They're doing the Iron Challenge, and the Iron Challenge is Debbie's doing 70.3s for 100 days, and John's doing Ironman for 100 days, and they're absolute nutbars. Good interview. We're going to get them on right now. Righty ho guys, you will have heard in the intro, we've got a bit of a crazy challenge coming up with uh, John Mergler and Debbie Hazeldean. Debbie's a good uh, former Christchurch girl, so we've uh, bumped into her on several occasions. And John is a man that I haven't met, but he's got a, he was on epic camps before I even got involved. Now I'm bloody running the show and I never got to meet him. So um, these two crazies are going off to, well, in Australia, and they're doing, Debbie's doing 100 half Ironmans in 100 days and John is going to attempt to do 100 Ironmans in 100 days so it is pure madness so welcome along to the show guys hey how are you thanks hey right tell us um, maybe John what the hell uh, inspired this <laughs> what challenge? were you thinking <laughs> what am I thinking my goodness I've been involved in the endurance sport for, for many years and uh, I love sort of pushing the boundaries and new challenges Ironman has been a passion of mine ultra distance running adventure racing and uh, I was a little bit inspired by Iron Cowboy in his 50 and 50 and I thought that's a pretty amazing feat of endurance and naturally being a competitive type I thought well you know this is the chat perhaps the challenge I've been looking at let's double it let's try for a hundred but take out of all, all the traveling and the logistics around it and do it in, in one location uh, in my sort of uh, in my backyard as it were in and around Centennial Park and in all the local pools here in Sydney. Now, so that's really the sense that's really how it all, all came to be. Tell us a bit about your background because, um, as I said, you did a few epic camps, I think, with Gordo and Scott before I got involved in about 2000. When was my first one? It was 2005. And um, I did remember your name getting mentioned a few times about doing some crazy things even back then. So maybe fill us in on... Um, on your sort of background and maybe some of the the most epic things you've done in the past because I, I seem to recall them saying that you used to do business right around a park in Sydney doing and you'd just keep riding all day and stop for business meetings when you needed to on your phone I heard some odd stories so fill us, <laughs> fill us in on your background and um, and what some of the epic challenges you've done in the past. But, you know, Epic Camp was, was one of the epics, in actual fact. And I think I did the first one when we did the tour of the South Island with, with Scott and Gordo and, uh, and the Baron and a whole bunch of other really crazy, awesome guys. And uh, uh, in preparation for that, I thought oh, I better get myself, you know, sort of in trim. These are legends of the sport that I'm going to be dealing with. So uh, I, I had a bit of a stress fracture in my foot at the time. So I wasn't running very much at all. So I thought I'd better gear up the cycling a little bit. So I was uh, putting in back-to-back weeks of 1,000K on the bike uh, just to get myself ready for Epic. Um, and, yeah, yeah, well, it certainly got, m- got me ready, but I wasn't prepared for some of the your, your South Island conditions, I must say. Our <laughs> <laughs> yeah. tropics. Yeah, the road quality <laughs> and the winds. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a bit of an eye-opener. Uh, that, that was yeah a, a formative sort of experience for me at Epic Camp. Um, prior to that, I'd been doing Ironman since the late 80s. Uh, um, been to Kona a number of times and travelled, you know, travelled around the world uh, do, doing Ironman and Ironman distance races. So uh, I've been I've been at it for a long time, and 
I think um, Scott Molina actually said once in a little article he wrote about a camp, a camp that I did that I probably prefer the training to the racing, and I think that's probably true. I I, I really love the the sort of uh, the friendship and fellowship of, of getting out there with like-minded people and, and training hard and being out there for days and, and, and doing camps and stuff like that. Racing is obviously the icing on the cake, but I think he was right in as much as I, yeah, I really thrive on the, on the, on the training side of it. Um, now, the question for Debbie. Now, Debbie Hazeldean, I seem to recall a couple of years ago you were the fastest female age grouper at Ironman New Zealand. Correct me if I'm wrong there. And um, I can't remember where you finished up in Kona, but very accomplished athlete yourself. Now, you're doing half the crazy challenge, which is still pretty crazy in its own right. So um, did we, are you just sort of tagging along with this craziness or, um, or did you sort of come up with the idea? Or how, how do you sort of fit into the equation? Uh, no, I'm not just tagging along. I'm in here. <laughs> I've done quite a few things, obviously, like you said. So, um, third woman to Everest last year. So that's oh, riding nice. up and down, um, riding up and down a hill on a bike for 18 hours. So I got to the height of Everest, and then um, John and I decided to put an event on um, with that sort of thing last year. So we we made a fully supported event that everyone could come along and, and all ride the height of Everest and raise money for Cancer Council last year. So that was really good. Uh, we did Ultraman last year. Um, but, yeah, so half Ironman every day. Well, no. to be fair, uh, guys, Debbie was going to do the 100 full <laughs> with me until we discovered uh, that Debbie was pregnant. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's a good excuse. <laughs> so now we have a six month old so uh in fairness to him and all of our support crew um debbie has opted just just to do (laughs) the hundred halves so so how you you know like this is kind of unbroken ground really so how do you approach the training for something like this Yeah, we've sort of uh, been doing, uh, discussing a lot between ourselves and reaching out to other people and and, and working through lots of different scenarios. Um, The the fortunate thing about it is that there is no intensity involved in what we're doing. It's pure sort of strength and endurance and and, an aerobic capacity. So in, in actual fact, the training isn't that much different from uh, a regular Ironman build, uh, apart from the fact that we're the 20 or 30 percent of intensity is completely taken out of the mix, and um, we've been working purely on on distance and, and economy in our training, and we've been playing around with back-to-back sort of half Ironman and full Ironman. So, for example, last week we did a trial uh, on the course. Uh, with all the equipment, with all the, the data collection devices, all the GPS devices uh, and all our nutrition and our support. Uh, I did two Ironman back-to-back and Debbie did two half back-to-backs and it was flawless. We had a great time and pulled up the next day really well. So the training that we've done has just been sort of building it incrementally and, and keeping the lid on it, not not sort of being tempted to race people around the park or out on the bike or, or whatever, just just really being humble about it and building the aerobic engine. So, so what's your sort of you know, Ironman time so people get a grasp for how quick you can go and what sort of times do you think you'll be trying to pump out from day to day? Oh, look, I've, I've, I've done a range of times from uh, 8.40 through to nine, uh, t- 10.40 in actual fact. My, I did a, a Malaysian 
Ironman a couple of years ago in 1040, which was uh, a bit of a shocker, eye-opener, humidity over there. That's that's one hell of a race, that. Um, Tim, on, on a good day now, because I'm, I'm 57 years old, so on a good day, I can still sort of go, go between sort of 9.20 and 9.30. Mm. So the, the trial in the park that we did last week, I did the first one in 10.32 and the second one in 10.50. Uh, that was reasonably comfortable. I think uh, we've taken some learnings from that. We'll probably slow it down a bit for the first 10 to 15 to really get sort of maximum uh, efficiency going. Um, one of the issues, you know, guys, is getting it done in an appropriate time so that you can maximize recovery. Yeah, yeah. So it's a very it's it's a very sort of uh, tight line that you you go between the the two things. So we've that's something we're very very conscious of. Mm. Now, Debbie, how are you going to structure your sort of setup there? Are you going to try to you know I, I know John's probably a little bit quicker than you, but not so much that you couldn't couldn't keep up. Are you going to sort of um, do your swim at the second half of his swim and then do half his bike ride, or are you going to change it up from day to day? Or how, how are you going to go through your days? Yeah, equally, I need to um, finish as soon as possible too because there's so much else to do and, and looking after Ryder. So, um, yeah, I'll be jumping in the second part of his swim yeah. and then hopping on the bike with him. And if I can keep up with him, yeah. we, we might we might ride together for the first 90K, but obviously just side by side, not drafting. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and then I'll just hop straight into the run and... and we can see each other, so as he rides past, we yell out to each other, and yeah, it's good. And and um, are you guys going to do the same course every single day? Yeah, more yeah. or less. Yeah. Um, it, Centennial Park is our training ground. Um, at weekends, it gets a little bit busy in there with, with other cyclists and, and kids and, and cars and all the rest of it. But during the week, it really is very, very quiet, and it, it's... It's a great road surface. It's it, it's safe. Um, so we'll do the bike there, which is 48 laps of of the park on the bike for me. Uh, obviously half a Debbie, and then 12 laps running. Um, we are working um, perhaps to put on a couple outside of the park. Uh, we're just going to finalise that this week. But yeah, in answer to your question, it's really all about Centennial Park. Yeah, and it gets quite busy on the weekends, so the times will slow down because of the traffic. And mm. you know, I'm sure you listened to you know some of the interviews that Iron Cowboy put out there. And so, what are some of the in- insights that maybe you gained by from his experience? And his was slightly different because he was moving so much. But even if you look at his kind of the athletic experience of it, is there some insights you've gained from what he did? Yeah, look, look. I think it's his mental attitude more than anything else that we we have hooked into. I mean, the guy's a legend in that respect. I mean, there's been a bit of controversy about the elliptical trainer, and uh, uh, which I don't buy into at all. I mean, the guy has sustained himself over 50 days with a great support crew, uh, his great mental attitude. Uh, traveling the distances that he did and backing it up. And sometimes, I don't know whether you've seen some of the images, but backing it up in the rain, starting in a in a remote town somewhere in, in, in the Midwest, jumping into a 25-yard pool, not even a 25-meter mm. pool, and smashing out the 3.8K with a frozen shoulder. So, you know, the, the guy is made of metal. He's really, you know, he's... Uh, his, his mental attitude is amazing. And, and the support crew that he put together. 
Uh, and we certainly learned from that. And we, we are surrounded by a, a really awesome group of guys who, who are supporting us through this venture. You know, a whole team of babysitters, a whole team of supporters on the day, an operations manager, a logistics manager. We've got social media managers. And, and, and really importantly, we have been so fortunate with all of our sponsors. Um, everyone we approach to come on board has got really, really excited by it and jumped on board and have given us product advice uh, and all sorts of assistance to make this happen. Mm. What about the relationship? You know, because it's like, you know, all relationships have their struggles at times, but, you know, when we're all highly stressed and tired, it's, it often becomes a bigger problem. And, and obviously, you're both going to be massively fatigued, but also there's kind of, you know, this kind of, uh, the life goes on behind it. So how, how have you kind of planned for that? Yeah, do you know what? <laughs> They're about to start their planning after yeah. this uh, interview. <laughs> we're, we're incredibly close. We sort of met in this environment. Uh, I sort of did it, heard about this chick a few years ago who was Everesting, and I just finished a, a big bike ride, and I thought, well, I've, I've got to run off the bike to do it. I'll, I'll run out to Watson's Bay and and check out this chick who's doing this Everesting thing because this intrigues me. And so I ran out and uh, I ended up doing 10 hill repeats running while she was cycling and chatting with her. And a year after that, we got engaged on the same hill. So (laughs) (laughs) there's a little bit of a, you know, a a love developed through endurance sport. And, And we sort of understand how each other work. But this is a whole different level, admittedly. Um, maybe Debbie, you've got in some insights how we're not going to kill each other. Just <laughs> <laughs> well, I'd say I'm definitely um, the more calm one, and I'll be trying to yeah. Yeah, calm John down and make sure he, he um, keeps reasonable and sane, and yeah, yeah, that it all goes smoothly. Um, yeah, we're good. We're good. We're, we sort of counter each other in a lot of ways. Yeah. So, but it's certainly going to be a challenge. <laughs> now, Debbie, are you going to be doing um, all of your runs, or some of your runs, or part of your runs, uh, buggy running? And, and if you are, or just any advice you might have in terms of buggy running for people? Yeah. Um. So at the moment, probably about seventy percent of my training is running with the with the running with the running pram. So. <laughs> We, we obviously, I think it was the first thing we, we looked at before we had Ryder. Um, yeah, so we John investigated and found out the best pram on the market, and we ended up getting the two-lay pram. So yeah. um, done lots of running with that. And I think during Iron Century, we were planning to do probably a lap a day with Ryder and the pram. Yeah. Nice. It's a little bit harder, but it's a, it's a really good pram to run with, and I really want him to be involved in the whole thing. So. Yeah, it's got giant tyres, and you need a fixed wheel at the front to be able to go running with a with a stroller. I'm sure. Have you done any running? I've done. I've, stro- uh, yeah, I've had the mountain buggy, but I, I would be keen. That, that was a few years ago, but yeah, absolutely. You have more kids, got, mate. Got to know. You wait. Till <laughs> yeah, well, that's great. Wait till you have two. Then that that that's that's, <laughs> that's a good honest run when you have a second one on board, especially if you have any hills. Um, the other question yeah. I had for you, Debbie, um, slightly unrelated, but I think you guys might be doing this again anyway in terms of your Everesting. If people are out there listening to that, what's sort of the approach to that, you know, in, in terms of, I was actually thinking about it, this, it was either this morning or yesterday, is it, is the best approach to get a big long hill and just be going up and down it, or, or what did, how did you sort of figure out the, the most efficient way to, to do Everesting? So there's there's a happy medium of like hill distance because you don't want to be getting cold going down the hill. 
mm. and things like that. Yeah. You, want, you don't want it too long. You don't want it too short. We discovered that about 2.5 to sort of 5K is about the, the optimum hill distance. Mm. And you don't want it, obviously, too steep. So about that distance made it not too steep and, um, yeah, not too. Yeah, look, you, you really need to, the maximum elevation that you, uh, sorry, gradient that you can cope with is about sort of 8%, um, 8, 8 to, to average. average, yeah, average 8%, and two and a half to 3K, and it limits the fatigue and the cold going downhill, and then you're sort of still warm enough to attack the hill each time. What's so the, the distance? Well, it really depends. The one that we did as the big charity fundraiser uh, down at Gary Beach, uh, people ended up cycling 235K to get the elevation of 8848. Okay. And the first guy did it in 12 and a half hours, and the first, last person did it in 22 and a half hours. So wow. there was a big spread. And it was a very interesting scene at night. You know, as you can imagine, we, we, put, we put big floodlights all up and down the course, and we had lots of loud music pumping at the top. And it was a very interesting little show at the top at sort of 3 <laughs> o'clock in the morning. It was with, great. Yeah, with, <laughs> with glow sticks going and the music pumping. It was pretty interesting. But, yeah, as you can understand, if the, if the gradient's less steep, you could be going for 500k before you reach the height of Everest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Up on a road. Hey, yeah. uh, just, just what do you see as the biggest challenge in front of you in this journey? From my perspective, it is getting it done within the sort of 12-hour window each day that we, we've scheduled for and being back here. Uh, we've got a great team of uh, massage therapists through Health Space who are going to look after me. So it is all about that recovery and making sure that the recovery happens in due time and that I can actually get to bed and Debbie can get to bed at, you know, so half past eight and nine o'clock at night and be able to sleep. Because as you guys know, sometimes when you are, you know, you're stressed through physical activity, um, the body just doesn't stop and it's difficult to get those, that, that, that important sleep in. So for really the actual execution of the the, the Ironman, it doesn't daunt me as much as the recovery. Um, and I, I think sleep sleep and, and eating the, the right amount is, is going to be the key to this. So one thing we realized on our test the other day was, you know, breaks can just just disappear. So mm -hmm. they we wasted about an hour and a half having a break the other day, like all over the whole day, probably mm -hmm. like minutes here, 30 minutes there. So we've got, you know, really work on that, just having like five minutes because yeah. – Saves an hour and a half at the end of the day. And you lose it in your, in your rest period. Um, yeah. And, and I guess probably some people listening to this will be thinking, um, how can you just take 100 days off work? Or are you, are you still working, John? Or are you, um, how, how do you sort of finance a gig like this in terms of just being able to, to uh, all the support and, and, yeah, just taking 100 days off and doing what you want to do? Well, we, we set up an events company uh, a year and a half ago uh, to do extreme events and raise, uh, raise funds for uh, specific charities. So the Everesting event that we put on uh, in, in, on Gary Beach uh, what, what was an official uh, event. Uh, and that's, that's how we are now earning our living, as well as uh, having a small uh, triathlon uh, squad here in Sydney called Million Miles Club. And um, we've got about sort of 30 active members and all of those guys are incredibly supportive of what we're doing. And a lot of them are coming on board and doing fundraising for this particular event. 
So we're fundraising on this one for the Australian Red Cross. Uh, and we, we decided to go with the Red Cross um, because they do such great, great work on a global basis. And they're always there. They're the first people that you can count on if ever there's a disaster or you're displaced or that something happens on a momentous scale around the world. They're always there. And I believe they, they were quite instrumental in, in Christchurch in, in mm. coming to world, uh, aid during the, the, the earthquake there. So we're sort of quite moved by the stuff that they're doing. And, and they really like to get behind um, sort of endurance events. And, and Pat Farmer, who you're probably familiar with, who's run pole to pole and around Australia, he, he's done some great work with the Red Cross. So we're, we're really proud to be supporting their work and trying to raise you know, significant funds by doing this. So if people want to support you guys, um, you know, give, give us a plug for where they can go, and, and especially if they... When does it actually start? 28th of January, 28th. isn't it? 28th. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Two and a half weeks we start, so everything's everything's in place. The the our big push now is obviously fundraising. We want mm. as many donations for Debbie and I as possible. And if any triathlete out there who is preparing for a race in the next hundred days wants to get on board, they can go to our um, our, our fundraising page and they can sign up and become a fundraiser and do their own 100-day challenge. So we've already got half a dozen people signed up mm. who are going to train up for Port Macquarie because that's where we're going to finish. When we get to our 100th day, it's going to be uh, on, on, the, on the Sunday up in Port Macquarie and both Debbie and I are going to race Ironman Port Macquarie oh, nice. in uh, and to try to try to qualify for Kona. Let's see oh, what, on day 100, that's classic. Legs. <laughs> Fantastic. You, 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 you know how to make a challenge just a little bit harder, don't you? Oh, that's great. <laughs> that's great. Um, now, also, just a quick plug for, for the other stuff you're doing. You mentioned it about it, but you, I, I know a few people's ears will be pricking up about Everesting and things like that. So if people are interested in that as well, where, where would they go to find out more about that? We go, go to our website, which is, uh, Debbie, give, give all the details of the various websites. And yeah, if you go to mm.events, that's where basically everything dot com? is. Dot no, no, it's just dot events. No, oh, they've gone for those new fandangled ones. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fancy one. Um, yeah, so everything's on that. You can see links to our, it's called Ride 8848. That was, um, that was the Everesting event. Nice. And yeah, Iron Century has links on there. Other, otherwise, you can go to www.ironcentury.com.au. Nice. Well, look, um, all the very best with the challenge. I, I, I would love to do some interviews with you guys during the, the event, but I know that from based on Epic Camp experience, that may be challenging, but make sure you reach out to us if, uh, if you have got the time, and otherwise we'll be following your progress through your social media managers and maybe doing a bit of a, uh, a, bit of a, a weekly update or yeah, a luck. fortnightly update on where you're at. So have a great time. Okay. Awesome. Thanks, well, guys. Thanks very much. Really appreciate your time. Jonbo, your thoughts? It's going to be great being able to follow this um, because, you know, they're going to be it's great that they've got social media man managers so we'll actually be able to, yeah. you know, either give weekly updates and stuff probably on daily, where they're right? at. Um, yeah, daily, absolutely, but we probably won't do daily updates. No, oh, from us, yeah. Um, so I'm just intrigued to see the differences between their quite confident, don't they? He's pretty accomplished yeah. in terms of um, doing some crazy things. So I'm just interested to see, you know, we, we know from those other challenges the thing that got them was the travel and 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 to the and, and their feet and knees a little bit. So yeah, I guess like, that's the key th thing. Th their bodies are going to be going through hell. Mm. But I think what you f I think 
what you find is they'll just get into a groove and they're going to be taking, they say, they all say this, they're going to be taking it pretty easy. Well, but, but Iron Cowboy, now admittedly has travelled, but he was still doing 13 hours. Mm. You know, he was still kind of, you know, getting over that 12. And he's talking, John's talking about doing 12. So he's, you know, it's going to be challenging. He's pretty fast. Yeah. You know, he's, he's, Iron uh, Cowboy would be pretty quick, wouldn't he? I'm not quite sure. Yeah, I don't know. If he, if he popped down nine, man, surely he'd be able to get down to nine and a half. The nine hour barrier apparently is quite hard to get through. <laughs> no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, so, no, I'm very interested to see how they go. And Debbie, um, you know, I know John did a lot of talking there, but Debbie's very accomplished. As I said, she did win her age group at Ironman New Zealand a few years ago, and she's, uh, she's a real McCoy. Would you love to do everything? I'm. Uh, it was bizarre that I was actually. Th- I, th- I think I must have been thinking about it yesterday after having a look at their webpage, but I think a while ago I said it doesn't interest me, but right now uh, I was thinking. From a, an event organisational point of view, but easy to do, wouldn't pretty it? Pretty easy to do, yeah. and you could create a, as they said, create a really cool, yeah, uh, environment and atmosphere. You just need to find a road that's not used much. Yeah, I've got an idea. Where? Well, you go up Mount Pleasant Road and come. Uh, is that eight percent? Is it? Uh, it's not eight percent, but it's no, no, no ballpark. It's a, it's it's the right sort of gradient. It's probably marginally busy, but uh, you go up up there and then come how, down. How, how far is that to the top, distance wise? Oh, it's three k's. So, it's only three, is it? Well, no, it depends where you. Well, no, it depends where you turn off. But that, that would be possible, and um, hmm, intrigued. So Christchurch, look out! Long taper. <laughs> Bloody hell! Is it what? It's a big day. But then you could add in oh, lots of cool. It to me. Like I, I, I'd have to get back on the bike to even think about it. It'd kill my body if I tried to do it now. But, but it's a cool challenge. Mm. You know what a wicked challenge to do to think that you climb the distant, you know, the height of Everest. I'm not interested in anything that's going to take me longer than a day. No. Although I do want to ride Christchurch to Nelson. That's going to take a whole day. <laughs> in a day? Yeah. Just non-stop? Yeah. What, get up at like one in the morning? Mm. Wow. Yeah. You can join me on that too with your training for everesting. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to have to get back on the bike to do our camp. Oh, you don't need, no, you don't need that. It's only 90 k's. You rode 180 when we did out of the camp. Oh, no so I don't, you, I don't need to train at all? You need to train, but you know, the longest ride is 90 k's. Piece of piss. I'm not going to do any training then. Yeah. I try to take it out. We've got jerseys. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, We've we'll got some bitchin' looking jerseys. Yep, good. Take it out. Hit me with some music, Bevan. Okay, here we go. <laughs> it's so hard to press that button twice. <laughs> Website uh, of the week. week. Okay, Jonbo, tell me about it. TeamUSA.org. This is good. This is good. They've gone on there and they've um, they put up the prize money for that athletes have been earning at most different events. Now, we, I know that Challenge did a little bit of this as well. But this one, what I like about this one is a bit more comprehensive in terms of you can click on the athlete and actually see all the races they've done. So they've accumulated the prize money from... Most racing, they haven't included, um, I don't think they've included Xterra. Uh, they've got an ITU. No, they have, yep. Because if we look at Florida Duffy, they've got her Xterra race here. They have? Xterra World Champion, she won 20,000. Oh, okay. Yeah. I take that back. She's got the, they've got Island House Triathlon. What's great about this is top five, we've got three females. Which Good. is interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Why is that? Not as strong? Uh, no, the they fields? race a bit more. Oh, okay. And... 
uh, race a bit more inconsistent winners. So, you know, so we've got um, Flora Duffy, number one. Gwen Jorgensen, uh, she took home 244,000. Gwen Jorgensen, 201. Mario Mola, 187. Daniela Reef, 179. And Jan Fredino, 159. So... I guess Mario Mola and Gwen Jorgensen would probably race a similar amount of times, but Gwen Jorgensen pretty much won every time, whereas Mario Mola would be yep. winning or in the top Close five, to. so that yep. would be the difference there. And Flora Duffy, um, the difference for her is she does a bit of exterior and also does... Um, yeah, a bit of exterior. And she won the World, she, Series. And she and she won won the World Series. And the Island House. Yeah, which is 45k. And so what's cool about this is, yeah, you can, it's got the, and you've got top 10, 10th place. You've got uh, Holly Lawrence with 110,000. Lionel Sanders there, 110,000 as well. Richard Murray. It's a real nice spread of ITU distance. Yeah. Middle, you know, 70.3 half Ironman athletes and, and Ironman. ITU athletes. So it's, um, yeah, I really like what they're well, doing. Uh, but in saying that, it would be really interesting to see who made the most money in the sport. Mm. If we, if, you know, like, because actually if you look at Frodo, He's only making 160k a year from prize money. Oh yeah, that's just a you know scratch for yeah. Energy. No, but it's also pretty disappointing when you think of he's he's kind of the star of our sport. Him and Jonathan Brownlee. Mm-hmm. So Jonathan Brownlee is only pulling 142k, which is nice money, but it's not big money. No, you know now now sure they're doing all right, but it'd be really fascinating if we got you know if you could secretly find out how much they earn each year. Because mm. I remember when we were doing when I, that year we tried to find out from pros, and I remember one pro was earning about 300k in his peak. Mm. I can't remember who it was, but yeah, they, you know, on the back, he said, you know, my peak, he was retired, but he said I was in about 300k. Yeah. You know, so, you know, someone like Frodino, he'd be earning a few mil, wouldn't he? I would have thought so. Yeah. Yeah. What's also interesting on here, they've got um, the top prize money races, which I found really interesting. So the ITU World Triathlon Series rankings is the top prize money, 755,000. Um, Kona's second. Island House is the third biggest triathlon That's prize money in that. the world. It's bizarre. Who's funding it? I know. But is it going to be the race? It's going to be like, the, you know, all those races that come and go because... I don't want to be negative, but I kind of think so. But oh, I hope oh, not. Oh, no, yeah, same way. Because it's such a cool idea. Mm. But that's um, amazing that it's got a third amount of money. Plus, there would there'd be lots of other expenses to get the athletes there and, and what have you you would expect. Um, the ITU final finale is in fourth place and then the 70.3 Worlds is in fifth place. But I've got loads of races listed on there. They've, uh, you know, it goes down to like the ones with two or 3,000 prize money. So they've done a really comprehensive job there. So it's um, interesting reading. And it's interesting for me to, to look at you know, where the biggest prize money races are. So the ninth biggest race was the Ironman um, African Championship race with 150,000. Now there is quite a few $150,000 races because that's all your, your regional championships. Um, and the, so it's basically ITU and Ironman um, races, but it doesn't have some of the other ones on there. It's got, I think it's got Challenge Roth on there, or Challenge Rot, Rot. Um, doesn't, maybe it doesn't have, uh, uh, what's the one I'm thinking of? Does it have Rot in there? It does have Rot oh, in there, 80, 81,000 US. Um, but it looks like they've done a pretty comprehensive job. So, John, like, okay, we look at the top end, but I've gone down to the third page and we're oh, like yeah. 20 through to 30. So, Ben Hoffman, who's had a pretty good year last year, yeah, only 64,000 in prize money. Hmm. But I would say, oh no, no, and he's making money elsewhere. Don't worry. Ballpark, I'd say maybe two hundred. Yeah, probably. Thousand? Yeah, but just really interesting that prize money. <laughs> <laughs> what are you laughing at? In one thousand two hundred thirty-third place was uh, Audric Lamboles from France, earning one hundred and six dollars. Well, that is well done <laughs> on getting that level. That, that level, is brilliant. That is gold. 
Love you. One hundred six. There's a lot of people earning a hundred bucks. That must be like last last place. Some people even go to two hundred. Good old yeah. Lisa Burger. Two hundred eleven. Retire. <laughs> retire. Put it in gold and retire. Okay, Jonbo. Uh, let's do a sponsor. Sponsor. We're gonna go ethlinks.com. Ethlinks.com. Your one-stop shop for all your results. What I love about it is if you go to lots of event websites, it's sometimes a bit of a challenge to find historical results. Mm. So I went on to Ethlinks. Plugged in our most recent race here in New Zealand, pulled a tower on a half Ironman, and uh, you can go there look at 2016 results, 2015 results, 2014 results. I wonder how their number, and, and as Bevan said, that's what I was going to do before. I was going to look at the Ironman New Zealand, see how many people finish now that your internet's Oh, that's right, again. yeah. But that's, when you're on athletics, you can do all that. So if we look at uh, 2015, let's see who the fastest finishes were at our debatable prestige half iron distance race in New Zealand. Oh, Craig yeah. Alexander took it out that year from Braden Curry. Wow. Braden Curry, can, he's, he, he's, for somebody who hasn't been a triathlete for that long, out swimming um, Craig Alexander by four seconds there. That's pretty good. He rode with him. He lost about 20 seconds on the bike, but that was probably sort of catching up. And then um, Craig Alexander put a, a minute exactly into him on the run. Cameron Brown third. Ryan Sisson's fifth, our Olympian. I think he got a drafting penalty that year. He's spewing. Hamish Hammond was the first finisher in 10th place, Athlinks finisher. And then good old Craig Kirkwood. What did Craig Kirkwood do the other day? He did something stupid on his birthday. I wonder how old he was. Do you have a on Facebook? Yeah, I can't remember. And Shannon Stallard was in uh, 16th place. Will O'Connor listened to the show. And Brendan Erkstein was in 22nd place. I guess the main point here is if you want your easy place to go find your results. Craig Kirkwood coaching. Oh, it's getting serious. Oh, he's got 15,000 followers. He's doing all right. 15,000? Yep. Bloody hell. Yep. Owner of Craig Kirkwood Coaching. Yep, he's done good. But he owns that, does he? Yep. That's funny. Yeah. So check it out. Athlinks.com. Keep all your results in one place. Or maybe, maybe you looked at Craig Kirkwood's Coaching. There we go. Craig Kirkwood Coaching. Um, I don't know. He's probably, he's probably a little bit older than me. Maybe he ran... 40-something miles on his birthday. I don't oh, know. Okay. Anyhow. Yeah. Moving along. John's training update. Oh, no. It's it's 624. <laughs> 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 Slight <laughs> difference. What did it say there? What did I see the 15,000? Oh, wait, oh, no. I, I searched Craig Kirkwood on Facebook and had Craig Kirkwood coaching and had 15,000 people like this. So there you go, Craig. There's lots of people you you don't know about. Like to have me into. What I loved is how you didn't believe it. Fifteen thousand. <laughs> Craig's an accomplished athlete. Like he went to I think he went to Commonwealth Games for running. He's done Olympian, was it? I mean, a marathoner, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know if he went. Yeah, to I know. Fifteen thousand seven hundred people are talking about this. Okay, Craig, you are more famous than us. No, well, what, what if I do? I am talking about people are talking about us. Talk. <laughs> Thousands of people are talking about us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Craig Kirkwood, you're very popular right now. So I had a few questions about a bit of a training update. Um, now, before Christmas, we didn't get this. I, I, I did a one-hour time trial on the bike. That's a challenging effort. I don't know if many people have done that. Bevan, I got myself fully juiced up for that one. So so wait a second. You're doing it. So how – how? because, you know, we do all these FTP tests and stuff like that, 20-minute and all the rest of it. How close to what was it to a 20-minute? Um, pretty close, pretty much bang, pretty much bang on, and I probably marginally better. So I ended up doing three hundred and ten watts, um, which I was very happy with, and that's about what I was getting on the 
for the 20 minute TTs, you know, in terms of yeah. comparable. So, so, so you really don't need to do an hour. It's a good training session. Oh, totally. And, but, and it was a, to get FTP, it is really accurate, the 20 minute. It's, it's, it's good enough for most people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there would have been a culmination of doing sort of a good sort of 10 to 12 weeks of cycling and building up for that. So, so wait a second, you got juiced up. So you, you talked to Lance when he was in yeah. New Zealand? Yeah, popped up there. And, <laughs> we have a uh, ride with him. We have a ride with him. Didn't post it on Facebook though. <laughs> no, wisely. Uh, but now, damn it, now I'm talking about it. Everybody's going to know. Um, but no, I took my music. Very, very rare for me. Wow, now music. back it up. What's on John Newsom's playlist? Oh. Come on. Come on. I've got to know what's on your playlist. Okay. I haven't got it on this computer yet. Uh, don't think I'll bring that along next week. Is it, well, what, is it rock? Is it is it upbeat? Is it a bit of ti- titanium? That's one of my favorites. Oh yeah, uh, to begging you coming to do. Yeah, bit of Akadaka. Oh yeah, yeah, just um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's exactly it. Yeah. You should go on one of those. Um, yeah, I, yep. New Zealand's Got Talent. Stars in your eyes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So anyway, I did a one-hour TTF. It was very pleased with that, but I did have the music. I had the caffeine, I had the coke on the bike, <laughs> and I had the dark chocolate. Oh, you did the dark chocolate? Did it all. And <laughs> have, I, have I started something with the dark chocolate? It uh, it makes a big difference when you're when you're tapered for something, stimulated for it, fired up, and uh, I was really pleased with how that went. So. And you felt good in it. Mm, did yeah, and and I think I didn't quite go as hard. I negative split it, so I think I did 308 watts the first half, 312 second nice. half. Compared that back to 2014, May 2014, so um, I was only at 301 watts. Now, that was on a different bike. Um, one of the things I will say... Does, I did, does the bike make much of a difference for your watts? It can do. Because um, surely watts is the output of you. Yeah, but it's positioning and things like yeah. that, so it can, can make a bit of a difference. Uh, but the big difference is the speed. Because I'm just sitting up on a, on a roadie and I'm just focusing on the power. I'm not really too worried about the speed. Yeah. So I only averaged, it was just over 36 k's an hour. Wow. Um, comparative to doing 301 watts on my other bike which was TT TT bike was uh, I think it was about 38 and a half kilometres wow, per hour wow that's quite big so isn't it significantly um, less power yeah. and significantly slower time but that was really pleased with that now also Brian Hagen with an A uh, he follows some of my stuff on Strava so if you want to follow what I'm doing uh, I'm, I've started re-updating my website I got really slack with it but I've got all the data and I've just, I started doing it last night and I'm going to back up all the rest of December but if you want to look at any of my files of what I've been doing it's on coachjohnnewsome.com or you can follow me on Strava Brian Hagen with an A you met Brian you were, you were rooming with Brian and um, oh Brian yeah, yeah yeah and I saw a lovely photo of him and his wife going traveling somewhere oh lucky for Brian he's, 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 I think he's been above his leg John if I'm going to be honest <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was asking I well so am I Brian uh, I did some Mount Pleasant hill reps the other day and he was asking he said I mentioned those on the camp and he was intrigued to find out about them this is a brilliant strength session where you can really safely get some intensity in there and some strength and it's just a nice way to break up a workout. So what I do with that session is a John Hellman's classic. I can't claim it to being my own. And Aaron Baker used to do this back in the, the I know day. One. Ride to the thing, drop your bike, go for a run. So you, you do a short, short warm-up and then you're doing a hill climb of around about 15 minutes and I think the average grade is 9%, 8 to 9% maybe. It's got, definitely got pitches of 10. Um, after about 15 minutes, there's a little spot where you dump your bike and then you run straight up to the top of the, the climb and then you're running for about sort of 7 to 8 minutes. Similar sort of grade, maybe marginally less. Turn around, you run back down to your bike, jump back on your bike, bike to the bottom, turn around and do it again. And it's just amazing. The first one you're going... Jesus feels easy, 
and uh, and you're sort of trying to have to slow down a bit on the power just to make sure you're not going too hard. When you turn do that dead turn at the bottom of the hill and you have to get going again, man, it just kills me every time but it's a great workout if you've got a suitable hill to do that and you're sort of wanting to go through a strength phase where you want to keep some intensity in there because you can do the climbs that you know around about FTP effort and not not knock you around too much and it doesn't require quite as much concentration um, it's a great session it takes me about two hours 20 to do the session all up and that's doing three of those hill reps so it's bike run, bike run, bike run, and then you got your recovery for the downhills. Great way to get some strength. So if you want to follow what I'm doing, go to coachjohnnewsome.com or you can find oh, me. Oh, John, I'm loving it because you've got all these photos and you've got the family photo walking somewhere. Mm-hmm. You must have been walking up the corkscrew. Yes, in yeah. Terry. Yeah, and then you got you riding with Tommy. you got you got the old bike tube pulling him along. This was a great – I've never tried this before. I was a bit worried. So I did this great ride at Christmas with Thomas. He was desperate to do this um, – there's a, there's a, there's a the mountain bike trail now that connects Nelson to Kaiteri Terry, which is about 60 to 70 k's, and he wants to do the whole bloody thing, and he thinks he can, and I'm like, you can't. But we wanted to do a stage that was about 20 k's long from Mochuaka to this great cafe called Jester's Cafe. Yep. But it's got a big hill climb in the middle of it, um, but it's all pretty straight line stuff, and yep. amazing views along the top. Um, and I knew he wouldn't get up there despite being on a new new bike. Uh, so I tied together two mountain bike tubes, and I'd only do this on straight line climbing. Yep. And uh, and I was dragging him up the climbs. So he was still pedaling and puffing away. Yeah. You have to be pretty careful for that not to <laughs> yeah. slacken up. And so he was he'd be riding along. And he'd go toe toe toe, <laughs> and and I'd have to pedal a little bit harder. Um, but it actually worked out really well. I got a bit of a workout getting up the climbs. Yeah, well, you're pulling him along. And it was only for the steep stuff. He did the rest of the climbs. So uh, yeah, it's a cool way to. Drag drag your kids along but it is you got we stopped and put it on and off a couple of times but certainly wouldn't want to do it on the flat or anything uh technical good times if you're in Christchurch or in the South Island and you want an event um if you're building up for Wanaka or Ironman New Zealand or anything else got a really cool Olympic distance race coming up on the 5th of February over in Corsia Bay it is a classic hilly course we're going back to some classics Bevan it's a three lap run with a hill every lap and a really hilly bike ride so check it out have um, you been on the new mountain bike course? I'm going. probably going to go there this weekend so Christchurch has got a $24 million mountain bike park that's, it's not quite complete yet oh it's, one? it's, no, it's, oh, it's pretty good very, very but there's still more to go to it mm. and uh yeah, and apparently, apparently it's pretty phenomenal. Mm. I'll talk a bit more about mountain biking in a moment. Oh, he's changing. Yeah. yeah. Had a question. Questions. Questions and answers. answers. Okay, I'll go through it. Joe Hayward, Harwood's got, um, I will be starting my Ironman training in the new year and decided that the best time of training during the week will be early mornings between 4 and 5 a.m. I have a question on when to eat. Uh, when do I eat and when do I need to get, do I need to get up earlier or do I just train fasted? If fasted, and the session is over in an hour. Do I take nutrition on as normal? Thanks, Joe. Joe, you're opening up a gigantic can of worms here. <laughs> so I'm just going to give you roughly what I do, and maybe try to explain a couple of things because you're going to get so many different people giving you different advice here. Um, it kind of depends on the objective you're trying to get out of the the session, and also sort of what your dietary approach to, to is to just your general life and and training. Uh, it also depends on where you're coming from. So if you're somebody who's been a sugar fiend and, and you have a very high carbohydrate dif- uh, diet, then that's going to be slightly different to someone who's on a much lower carbohydrate diet you know, like myself. Um, but in general, the advice I give to most people is if it's a pretty low intensity session um, and if it's only for an hour, you're generally going to be fine on water and getting up that extra time is going to 
probably be you're not going to get your bang for your buck. So and you're more tired. And, yeah, getting up an know. extra half hour early. Um, if it's a low intensity, probably just be absolutely fine with, with um, water. Uh, if you're doing a high intensity workout, then I'd be suggesting you do have some carbs. Even if people are on a, a fairly low carb diet, you know you want to make sure that those key workouts you are getting getting to the right intensities and you don't want to be bonking during those sessions. So I know that's kind of pretty simple advice, um, but in general, if you, irrespective if you're on a low-carb diet or, or a medium or high-carb diet, I'd say for, for low-intensity early morning sessions, weighing all the different factors up in terms of the hours of sleep you need to have, etc., um, you're better off just going on water through, the, through those sessions. If you're doing a high-intensity session, for most people, some carbs are going to help you out so you can uh, get through them well. Yeah, It's okay. a tricky one to answer, though. Yeah, because you know, if you're getting not much sleep... That extra half an hour sleep will probably exactly. help you perform better with your training as well. So yeah. it's that kind of. I, I eat. So I never used to eat before a gym, and I like I teach hard workouts at the gym. You know, yeah, you know, you're killing yourself. It is, you know, it's kind of max heart rate stuff, and uh, and I never used to. Eat. In the last year, I have started eating beforehand. And probably perform a little bit better. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't affect my training. Mm. Like I'm lucky. I've got a, like I'm lucky with my stomach. I can kind of eat anything because mm. I'll have I have a, I have an avocado tomato on toast. Mm. And I'll have that maybe half an hour before I train, and it's mm. not a problem. So, yeah. Mm. Um, okay, Gary Fagan's got a great challenge. So, have you heard of the Echo? I've got no idea what you're talking about, which is why I put it in the show notes because I've got Amazon's no idea. Amazon's genius. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, I read his book. He's a bit of a ruthless character. So, um, Amazon.com is um, Jeff Bezos is the owner of Amazon. Genius, genius businessman. Some of the stuff he's done is phenomenal. Like Amazon, the, the way they make their money, the biggest profit earner for them is they, they basically. Um, they, they, what do you call it? They're kind of uh, the storage for the internet. So, yeah. or, or a lot of the kind of the servers for the internet. So, mm. their biggest profit thing is this because they, they hear all these big servers for their own business and they're yeah. like, why don't we just start renting some of these out? Mm. And now it's the biggest profit center mm. for them. But he's doing this thing with supermarkets right now. He's pretty I've fascinating. Seen that. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. So, he's, um, but what's really interesting with the supermarket thing is what they, he won't, they're not, they're not going to have supermarkets. They're going to use the technology to be in supermarkets. So, mm. they're pretty genius. But the, the Echo um, is basically, it's a device that just sits in your house. And you just talk to the Echo. And where it's genius for Amazon, let's say you're in the kitchen and you say, oh, I've ran a dishwasher and liquid. You say, um, Echo, get me, I won't say the name. There's a name that you say, which mm. is that, which, which would trigger, trigger off people's Echoes. But um, <laughs> yeah, it starts with A. And, and yeah, so, but if, you know, so if you're in the kitchen, you go, Echo, you know, I need dishwashing liquid. or just turn up the next day. So it's quite right. genius in them, what they're doing there. And it was a bit, he was first to market with it. So it's quite interesting. It's becoming, it's kind of been the biggest technological thing over the last couple of years. But what you can do is you can get your favorite podcast. To, you know, you can just say, Echo, play so-and-so and so-and-so. And uh, he can't get it to play I Am Talk. And so he's got a challenge. I've, I've, I've spent 15, I spent a sad 15 minutes trying to say, I won't say the name because I don't want to trigger people's devices. A, play I Am Talk. And it just couldn't get it figured out. So the vegan challenge for 2017 is the first person to record a YouTube video of getting I Am Talk to play on an Amazon Echo wins vegan's house. Right. <laughs> he didn't put that, but I've added that in for him. Uh, so maybe it's, yeah, maybe. I'm not quite sure how they figured that one out. I'm Talk? I'm Talk? Don't know. I'm sure if you had an American accent, it would probably help. No, they're pretty good with accents. Like, do you use Siri? Very seldom. Siri's pretty good nowadays. Like, watch this. I'll say, watch this. I'll say, okay. Siri, ring John Newsom. Which phone number for John? Ah, uh, 
mobile. See, pretty good. Calling, look at this. Oh, look at this. You might get a phone call from me. Where's he again? It's coming. People, this is great podcasting. Great Siri's podcast. not working. It's not this bloody Vodafone. See? Look at that. Oh, so they're pretty good with accents now. You know, like the Kiwi accent, you know. Yeah, my computer's ringing. And my accent's all over the place, let's be honest. Yeah. So there we go. So that's uh, Fegan's Challenge. If anyone can do that, put on YouTube, you're a legend. You you got this week in Lance. John. Oh, they've done that. Boycott oh, no, I'm, bo- I'm boycotting Lion Nathan. Cause what they, do they make? Well, they, they brought the beer out here. They're, they're the ones that brought Lance Armstrong to New Zealand. So my little stand, I'm just going to boycott. And what beer do they make that you like? They make a lot. I've checked out their full list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I tell you, when we were up at uh, Kaitera, I said, right, I'm naming that. that Steinlag is their main one. Uh. But they do a lot of spirits and wines as well. So I'm boycotting them as well, John. Good. I'm giving up drinking. Good. I'm giving up drinking. Okay, guys, patrons. Ken Welsh, the Mighty Red. That's a good one. Yanni Arrington. Yancey Arrington. Oh, where did I get Yanni from? He was the old uh, musician. Yeah. Yancey Arrington. He's a good cyclist, isn't he? He is. Man of fashion. Paul Chainsaw Link. And good, good old Rob the key Lockwood. And That's Anne, a good one. And Thong Thiles. Good work. She's a legend as well. Okay, Jombo, if you want to become a patron on the show, help us in 2017. And that'd be really good. Go to www.imtalk.me. And it's all pretty obvious on our new website, which was because of patrons. I have to say, I like our new website. Great. It's yep. pretty cool. We've had some really good guests recently too, so it looks really impressive because you go, wow, all these famous people on it. So, good times. Um, John, sponsors? Athletics.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your lactic buffer and obviously a patrons as well. John, what's your goss? What's 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 the biggest story you've told from this few weeks? Oh, well, Bevan, I've gone a little bit to the dark side. I got into a little bit of mountain biking when I was away. Back it up. Didn't take my bike up to Kaiteri, so it was going to be two weeks without the bike. Plan was, right, let's get stuck into some running. You know, that's what the John yep. Newsome uh, training plan said. I've had done very little running lately. You really? Yeah, I've got a hair in my face. And so I one. thought, I've got, uh, I've got a couple of weeks here just to do some consistent running and it's good, efficient use of my time. Don't have to go out there for three or four hours and I can spend lots of time with the family. So first three days, I think I ran three days in a row going, yep, we're onto, onto a winner here. And I think it was Christmas Eve. We thought we want to tire the kids out. So we took them on this big walk, actually that walk that you'd mentioned that picture yep. was from. And uh, it was about a two and a half hour walk and we went up this great climb called the Corkscrew. Bevan mentioned about mountain biking park in Christchurch. There's an awesome mountain biking park in Kaiteri that I've done lots of running on before. Love it. But never done any riding because I've never had a mountain bike up there. Oh, okay. Um, well, I've just, there's, there's a crappy one at the batch, but it's not even worth yeah. using. And uh, we did this walk and I thought, oh, maybe I should come up for a mountain bike. Went up there, really enjoyed it. Oh, really? And I was in there just about every bloody day. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. It's f- so wait, I wasn't listening. Did you take your own bike? I, this time I did because I wanted to do some, I took my mountain bike because I wanted to do some riding with the kids and um, discovered mountain biking and uh, got stuck into it. And but it's an injury waiting to happen, John. It's, I was only doing one hour sessions and this is pr- very technical, you know, it is very technical mountain biking in there. An hour was enough for me. I think my longest was an hour 20 and uh, the tracks there are pretty full on. Yep. I was doing the greens, even the greens up there, like Belinda went from mountain biking, she, she's never done any riding and she was off her bike every couple of minutes. The blues, that was plenty extreme enough for me and I really? accidentally rode down a black one day. <laughs> Did you end up walking? Uh, had a couple of little walks. I even walked on a couple of the blue ones. Like this is very steep, tree yeah. roots everywhere. So I will agree, every time you came out, you were like, whew, that was fun and I'm glad I haven't broken anything. Yeah, far out, yeah. So a lot of fun, but I was, once I'd done my period up there, I was like, tick that box for a while, don't feel like I need to do any mountain biking, but I will go and check out the, the, the 
Christ, you should changing. Back. You're changing. It's changing. I did enjoy it. It was great. I've never done really done. Well, you, you're before. nature a bit more, aren't you? Mm. You know what I mean. And and you kind of because the thing about Ironman or road biking is you you kind of mind away. It's kind mm-hmm. of a kind of a meditative experience where you kind of because it's not you don't have to think that much other than about what you're doing. Whereas with mountain biking, you're in the moment because you have to make decisions all the time. And this is all just zigzags through forests. It is 100 percent concentration the whole time. But man, they've put some work in there. There's just it just goes everywhere and there's some really you're not doing that I don't like descending on mountain bikes straight line fast stuff because you just I just worry that I'm going to fall off because yeah. it's, it's loose but all the descents up there not all of them but a lot of them uh, you're sort of traversing across so you're going quite quickly but you're kind of going up and down up and down up and down and so you're, you're going down and then you're pedaling you know 10 seconds really fast to get up a little mound and um, yeah it was a good time so if, you, if you're up in that area a, the Able Tasman is fantastic and the whole area is oh, great. It's amazing. But if you've got a mountain bike, um, that's, it's awesome. And then but you've got the, the trail. Did you see the thing on the news about what they've got in Nelson as well now? Oh, Nelson's humming. But no, but they've got a, a, a so some billionaire owns lots of the land and the local mountain bike club have permission to use the land and they've got like 70, 70k of trail now. Mm. And apparently it's phenomenal. So, yeah, so phenomenal. That, boop, so that was my big boop, highlight boop, boop. for, well, not my big highlight, that was a highlight for What about New Year's, days. John? Oh, it's always big night on New Year's. Oh, mate. The other thing, New Year's in Kiteri is awesome. This massive fireworks display. This lady just pays for it every year. Some rich American lady. Go the Americans. Puts on, and it is She's a making America great. Big display. It's great. Really? So, Did they do it from the water? Yeah, on a barge. Oh, it's wicked. So, good holidays. Back in the office. Now. I'd love to be rich enough to go, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some fireworks on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bevan, what about yourself? Anything exciting? What did we do? We went camping, we went down to Porno and the crew down to um, Glendu Bay. Mm-hmm. That was kind of good. The weather was good enough. Mm-hmm. We had New Year's. That was good fun as well. What was the main... We, I worked through, John. Got a wedding to pay for. Have you, have you, have you finished your peanut butter yet? Halfway through it. Halfway through it? We've been away. We've been away. We've been away. That's a week. John, so, so I'm, I'm working away one day. Yeah. John just... I hear a knock on my door. John's here what's John doing here and he goes don't say I didn't give you anything <laughs> handed me a gift and bug it off premium peanut butter it's it is very good it's buy. very good I, I thought you I thought you were into the Pix the Pix is second but that's my Pix is my regular it's not as premium as that so what did that cost you depends where you buy it but it's about 10 bucks oh thank you very much yeah and then I got my Iron Talk cap as well Yes, my my beanie, beanie yeah. I haven't worn it because it's pretty warm, but um, but no, it's very good. You, the key to it, but John, gotta you gotta stir, stir it. it. You gotta stir it mm. because otherwise you get the dry bit at the bottom, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you gotta stir it. Yesterday afternoon, because I had a big day of training, I had a big, a big just a big tablespoon of it. Nice. Yeah, it was <laughs> stuck in my teeth, and I tried to give Joe a kiss. I don't want a peanut butter kiss. She said. <laughs> so, other than that, wedding planning now, John. Wedding planning. I've got to go to Auckland next week for a week and a half, which isn't that good for the wedding, but. Mm. Pretty much everything. We had, we had the meeting with the celebrant yesterday. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, talk, we went to a wedding last week. It was actually quite good to go to a wedding because you kind of steal some Did ideas. Did you get crash it? <laughs> no, no. But they had 250 people. Oh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they didn't really spare their own expense. Like, yeah. So they must have dropped some money on the wedding. Great wedding. But it was because it was such a big wedding, they had a venue, but it was pretty, very much very small indoors. So they kind of relied on it being a good day. Yeah. Oh, geez, they were lucky because if they had no backup, so if it rained, would have been. Did you have good weather in your day? Yeah, we had a great day. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So the wedding's the big thing. Yep. Nice. Yep, yep. You get semi cry, John. Yeah, well, yeah. be one of us. <laughs> <laughs> 
You'll get all emotional for me, won't you? Yeah. I'll be like, oh, we go, listen, stop the wedding, John, get him, get him, <laughs> get, get, a, get him a tissue. Get a, get a camera on him. Get a camera on him. <laughs> so there you oh, go. Well, we start the show weekly, we finish strong. Yeah, there you go. All right, let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia car. car.